Good afternoon and welcome to the Jason Rand Show on AM 770 KTTH. We are streaming live on all those smart speakers, Amazon Echo and Google Home. The Attorney General's office here in Washington State, they're now serving as the word police and that is what's trending. What's trending? A Jason Rant exclusive. The senior assistant attorney general chief scolded labor and industry staff members, the ones that work at LNI in the Seattle division, telling them that they should, quote, work to change your thinking. On what? Oh, uh, proper pronouns. Oh, yes. Lionel Greaves the fourth, whose pronouns are he, him. I learned that from his email signature. He sent this email that I got a hold of on September 8th. It went to about 70 or so staff members at L&I. And he told them that it has, quote, come to my attention that we have work to do on using proper pronouns. It linked to a Human Rights Foundation memo titled, Talking About Pronouns in the Workplace. And it says using someone's chosen name and their preferred pronouns expresses mutual respect and courtesy. I'm not entirely sure how that's mutual respect. They're not respecting you. You are presumably respecting their wishes. Now, if you wish not to use pretend pronouns that are just noises, like that's not an actual thing. And yet that actually is a pro- pronoun zoo zer z c they're just names or just noises so i've got this email in front of me and i've got it up over at ktth.com if you want to check it out but greaves writes here in seattle we have the honor of serving a vibrant and diverse community there are a range of pronouns among our colleagues our counterparts and the public at large It is vital to me, as I know it is to you, to show respect for all. First of all, if it's it's vital to me, as I know it is to you, you're saying in an email in which you're scolding people for not properly using pronouns that are preferred by some individuals. Just let that sink in for a moment. Now, he does say in this email that the team is, quote, pretty good on the issue. He goes on to demand... We can and we must be better than pretty good when it comes to basic courtesy. He said that even one or two mistakes, they can add up. And then the end result of that is feelings of discomfort, anxiety, dysphoria. And as a consequence of that, he told his staff members to confront co-workers who misgender their co-workers told them the correct, quote-unquote, correct way to speak of someone who is transgender or at least pretends to not have a gender. And this email was irking some people there who ended up passing it along to me. Now, the AG's office confirms the authenticity of this email. This is someone who is an actual person in charge, And the impetus was apparently accusations 
that some staff members wouldn't use preferred pronouns of their colleagues after they asked them to. Now, it's unclear if in those cases this was someone who was trying to be rude and dismissive or had just sincere beliefs and didn't want to have to be forced into politicizing or getting uh, getting into something that's politicized. And, but but I will say that the email at the end of it said that there's the legal definition of harassment in Washington state that is the, quote, deliberate misuse of an individual's preferred gender-related pronoun. So that kind of indi- indicates to me, or at least implies that someone is choosing to not do it intentionally. So he links to this article and he wants people to read it because he says he wants to, quote unquote, change your thinking. And this article is in something called Parenting Horizons, and it advises people to, quote, practice non-binary thoughts. Do you know what that means? Here's I'll give you an example. Okay, here's what I'm going to give you. Um, You've got a, a child that was just born. Your friends are insufferable. They're already doing all the photos and videos, and you got to see everything. And they show you. You might say, oh, that's a cute girl. Don't do it. Just say, that's a cute baby. Or if they say, hey, we, my, uh, my wife just gave birth. Don't say, oh, is it a boy or you a girl? You can't say wife. Oh, you can't. Well, yeah. My partner, my partner just gave, my, my birthing uh, partner just gave uh, uh, life to a, a, a being of some kind. Yay. You can't go back and say, hey, is it a boy or a girl? You're supposed to practice in your head by saying, the baby, just baby. And I like how they say in this, because I pulled that directly from this article. They go, uh, say what a cute baby. It's likely the person will tell you what they think the gender is. <laughs> the parent will That's tell you, good. the parent will tell you what they think the gender is. Oh, just a guess, right? My God. Anyone, anyone's guess. Anyone's guess. I'm like, I'm going to, I flipped a coin today. And I'm going to go with boy. I mean, there's also the male. So never mind. They say in this article to start internally thinking about people as a gender. And then just automatically when you're thinking of folks, change their pronouns in your head to they, them. Now, I see this email and I kind of want to strangle someone. Not grieves because I'm sure he's well-intentioned. He's insufferable, but I'm sure he's well-intentioned. But with all due respect, how dare you demand someone change the way they think? Who are you to tell people how to think? You're the one who has the fringe worldview, not me. Not anybody else who refuses to buy into this nonsense. But you've got this arrogance. You've got this, this arrogance. Because the prevailing belief system within a small group of extremists who happen to work for the state, they think that because they hold the view that is quote unquote right. And that because you hold an opposing view, you are wrong. That's what they believe. And so they're trying to push this on people. Now, of course, it's not shocking that it happens in an environment that Bob Ferguson created. The radical left will always demand that you subscribe to every single position they take, that you should ascribe to their 
ideology. But to be clear, this is all political. Gender identity is part of a left-wing political movement, one that pretends that gender is fluid because someone chooses to identify as a gender that they're not. Now, I think it's reasonable to expect courtesy, to just be nice and not mean. I think that that's reasonable. But I don't think it's reasonable to force someone to accept a political worldview on gender. Now, is it inappropriate for someone to purposefully misgender someone when you don't have to do any gender at all? I don't go up to Max and say, hello, sir, Mr. Max. I just say his name or I say, hey, you get in here. I do something like that. Now, if I was going up to him and let's just say in this world, it was Maxine. You change your name to Maxine because you're now a woman. If I go up to you and say, Hey, dude, what's going on, bro? Okay, that's obnoxious. You should not do that. That That is completely unnecessary. And no, you're not making a point. You're just being a jerk. But if it's now on Maxine to say, actually, I would prefer you say my name, Maxine, and I would prefer you call me ma'am. I would prefer you say she. And please, when you send me an email, say Mrs. or Miss or MX. S mixes, whatever they, however you pronounce that, Maxine. That's on Maxine. That's not on me. That's on the person who's putting this on you. That's the difference, right? If you're trying to do the right thing and just being nice, but you're also not going to subscribe to the, the madness versus someone who's trying to push it on you, the person who's pushing it on you, that's the bad person. And yet in an office like this, that's the person who would win all of those arguments if he or she complained or they complained to Greaves or anybody else. And that's where this goes way too far. It's not about anything other than accepting everything they say as fact. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to pretend that gender doesn't exist. I use she or her or he or, or him when dealing with someone who's transgender. I don't see a problem with that. I just want to be nice I don't have to be a jerk to the person. It's not going to change the way I believe in this issue. That's my choice. You may not choose to do that. You may just choose to say the person's name or, again, because we're talking about normal conversations in which this almost never comes up. It's usually when having a conversation about that person to someone else. You maybe don't want to do anything. You're just going to continue to say their name or whatever. It's up to you. What I'm not going to do and refuse to do is I'm not doing they, them. I'm not doing zoo or Z or sir. The people who demand that of you, those are narcissists. Those aren't transgender people. The people who pretend to not have any gender whatsoever. The one who goes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fluid. I'm just, you know, every day I feel a little bit different. You're a narcissist. You're a narcissist. If you're pushing that on me, if you're choosing a lane, if you're committing, I'll go with you down that path. I'm not going to pretend Biologically, there's no differences. I'm not going to do that, but I'll go with you. I, I at least can understand someone wanting, if you fully committed, including going through surgical interventions. Okay, I'll, I'll go with you on that. But you're going to have to pick a lane. And it has to actually be a lane. Not the zoozer. Oh, my God. Lanes are binary thoughts. Exactly. They are. That's what I'm saying. Pick a binary lane. They're not fluid. Okay? You're not going for a swim. If you want to read this story, text the keyword RANTS, R-E-N-T-Z, to 1-800-465-8770.
R-A-N-T-Z to 1-800-465-8770. And I'll send you a link to my story or just go directly to KTTH.com. Push the button. What's trending? Woke madness. So employees with Washington's Department of Health, we're going to a different agency now. They claim that a training program that they're forced to take, it's completely mandatory, is traumatizing. Now, I'm not one to ever, ever, ever defend any mandatory training. I will, I will take that to my grave. I'm not going to defend any kind of mandatory training. However, this story pushes me almost there because this is a story that reads more like so-called BIPOC employees just don't like being told if they did something wrong. This is the weirdest story. And it comes to us from Fox 13 because they reported on this petition that some 250 staff members, all union members, they signed saying that this program called Outward Mindset developed by the Arbinger Institute has to go away. We refuse to do it. It is harming us. Now, I looked into this outward mindset because I don't know what this is. It all sounds like a scam. All of them always. There, I've never seen a training program that doesn't come off as a, a cult and a scam. But they say the goal is to help people empathize with others in the workplace. And they argue that it puts you in a place where you're going to be helpful for to, to someone else when they're struggling. Now, the union gave Fox 13 some testimonies from dozens of union members, including supervisors who condemned this this training. One of them said, my employees who are people of color, queer and or disabled feel very uncomfortable with OM overall outward mindset. It's weird, but the white people don't. The cisgendered, able-bodied white people, they're, they're cool. Okay. Outward mindset is damaging and is triggering for trauma survivors. Huh? What? Now, Fox 13 spoke to one employee who wanted to stay anonymous. The response has been a ripple effect. There are staff that finally feel emboldened to say something. Specifically, the black and brown staff where usually they don't at all because of the retaliation culture at work. I find it so unappealing when someone says black and brown. It's just such a weird thing. Black and Latino, black and it's black and brown. So two quick thoughts on what she just said, or he, because we don't know. With a voice like that, you're not going to stay anonymous very long. You're going to be outed so quickly. So you should have made them, they should have put something on her, on this person's voice to alter it digitally because they didn't show the person's face for anonymity purposes. Well, it sounds like one of the chipmunks. You didn't have to out the person. Oh, well, I said it sounds like I didn't say well, everyone's going to know it's now Alvin jerk. What a jerk you are. Why'd you do that to Alvin? Sorry, Alvin. God. Now, second of all, let's be clear. There's no retaliation going on at Washington Department of Health that targets non-white staff members or non-straight staff members. That is a lie. And that is the biggest of big red flags when it comes to these complaints. I went on their blog. They explained what it is, blah, 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 blah. It sounds like every other training program that anyone in corporate America would go through or in the governmental agencies. It doesn't sound any different than that. 
except they're saying Rachel Martin, a union steward for the Washington Federation of State Employees, says this program leads to victim blaming. It's very normal to to have a facilitator or a supervisor or, you know, some leadership members say, um, well, really, this could ultimately be your fault. So let's talk about how you are perpetuating this cycle of victimhood. Okay. This is this is how they describe the the program over at their blog. When we have an outward mindset, when other people matter like we do, we naturally want to be helpful to them. So we adjust our own efforts to make their work easier rather than blaming others for our frustrations or feeling like victims of the circumstances. We begin to see new possibilities and solutions to our most vexing or longstanding problems. It involves being open to feedback listening actively and recognizing that the success of any group or organization is dependent on the collective efforts of its members. Someone is complaining to a supervisor. The supervisor is saying, okay, hold up, chill out a little bit. Let's see if there's anything that you can do to make it so that you're not in a position of complaining. That's what this basically boils down to. And they don't like that. Because you've got a lot of folks who are going to come up to individuals, they've been taught this way, especially younger generations, that if you're complaining about something, you are 100% correct, your feelings are fact, and someone else has to change. This is saying, well, no, maybe you have to change. Maybe both people have to change. Put yourself in the other person's shoes. See it from their perspective. That's victim blaming. No, it's not. No, it's not. It is a normal and courteous way to go about doing business. And as Fox 13 dove into the story and they were talking to folks who were complaining about this, we don't get anything specific. I, I read two stories on this and a full letter that the union wrote to Jay Inslee to get them to kill this training. And there is not a single specific example of what they mean. They talk about it in bigger terms like this. My coworkers started telling me how their supervisors were basically gaslighting them and saying, well, you're not thinking outwardly. You need to think about it in my way. So Alvin, I need you to be specific. What does that, what are they gaslighting you about? Well, they said that actually it was my problem because my memo was misspelled all the time. But that's not fair that, that you're victim blaming me. Well, no, there's a whole bunch of spelling errors in your memo. Yeah, but it's not my fault. Do something about it. Well, whose fault is it? Did you write it? Yeah. Well, whose fault is it? Systemic racism. That's what this feels like. So I got the letter, the complaint letter. These are the first two sentences. And tell me if there's at any point in this a giant red flag that this is something deeper than I just don't like this training because it's a victim blaming. Okay, two sentences. Since 2019, the Washington State Department of Health has paid over $2.5 million in taxpayer dollars for services from the Arbinger Institute, an organization with roots in racist, homophobic, and religious ideology. Arbinger leaders publicly express extreme views on reproductive, civil, worker, and equal rights, while the organization has been affiliated with alarming programs diametrically opposed to the pro-equity, anti-racist values of Washington State and Governor Inslee's administration. Any red flags there that this is really just political? Uh, yes, pretty yeah. much the whole thing. 
The Arbinger Institute was founded by a religious scholar named C. Terry Warner. Due to its foundation in religion, there is no clear delineation between church and state in public services. Another dum-dum who doesn't understand what that even means, but that is not related to this in any way, shape, or form. Apparently, the Arbinger Institute has some sort of connection to the LDS church. (gasps) Oh, my God. I mean, so do we. Oh, no. Oh, no. They go, outward mindset doctrine denies the lived experiences of people of color, LGBTQ plus staff, disabled employees, neurodivergent individuals, survivors of domestic and workplace violence, people experiencing trauma, and people of different cultures as it does not take power dynamics into account. Yeah, shut up. I'm done. I Now I want this. I want this training instituted multiple times a month. I want everyone having to sit in a day, two hours a day of training every day. I don't care if they're less efficient. The DOH isn't doing anything anyway. I just want to know who started this from the DOH, if they think it's... they. Every single organization will pick something. Every organization will pick one of these kinds of programs, and they'll commit to it. And sometimes there's some value. You'll maybe pick up things here or there. Sometimes it's very clearly not. I, I've heard of a bunch of horror stories from people outside of just radio industry, just people who are working in uh, legal offices. I've definitely heard from others working in government agencies, both locally and nationally, because I've covered some of these stories on Fox and I, I hear from them. Like some of the stuff that they're just like, oh, really? Yeah, we, no one needs to waste uh, $4,000 per person to get them access to this to tell them put your your put the shoes on on the other foot or or what's the meta what yeah to give me money it's all a scam 1-800-465-8770 for your text messages when we come back we're going to dive into the big local don't forget our friend and local tax expert greg nunn of nunn better tax resolution is growing and looking to hire tax specialists if you're passionate about fighting for taxpayers and interested in a new job Give Greg Nunn a call, 425-947-1967. Olympia, Sammamish, Lakewood, Bellevue. This is The Big Local on The Jason Ranch Show. Bellingham, Kirkland, Z-Town. Stories about you, not about Seattle. Hey, look at that, 4.30 on a weekday afternoon. That means it's time for The Big Local, brought to you by Alpine Specialty Services. They're online at alpineclean.com. This is the part of the show where we completely ignore stories coming out of Seattle and instead focus all of our attention on the communities you live in and care about most. This time we start in Bellingham because a homeless man named Rigoberto Vasquez Martinez was allegedly found with enough fentanyl to kill everyone in the city. And that's by a conservative estimate. The Whatcom County Sheriff's Office Gang and Drug Task Force got a tip about a homeless encampment that was essentially running a drug network. In fact, police say that Martinez convinced other homeless people who were living there to be his drug dealers. 
Now, Amy, speaking with Como TV, lives right by the encampment. I've had machetes pulled on me. Um, I've had people try to stab me. I've had people threaten me, chase me down. I mean, who amongst us? You know, why don't you come back when you got something a little bit more out there, a little bit more rare? Now, King 5 says while the encampment was under surveillance, a suspect believed to be involved in running the drug network was pulled over by Oregon State Police during a routine traffic stop in Salem, Oregon on August 29th. Troopers found approximately 70,000 suspected fentanyl-laced pills in his car, along with $2,000 in cash. He was arrested and booked in jail on charges for drugs. Como reports later that day... Law enforcement officers then executed a search warrant on a storage unit in Linwood that was identified as being uh, as being used at some point by this guy, Vasquez Martinez. So they ended up searching the place or the specifically the storage unit and they found, well, forty six thousand dollars in cash, a loaded nine millimeter handgun. 300 grams of meth. It's all suspected meth. Suspected heroin at 1,000 grams. 3,000 grams of fentanyl powder. And then 500 grams of suspected fentanyl-laced pills. Whatcom County Lieutenant James Triplett. Unfortunately, people that deal in narcotics, uh, they have a market. And unfortunately, a lot of times people that are uh, in bad situations in life are part of that market. They say on August 31st, a search warrant was then executed on his, I like how they call it a compound within the homeless encampment. I think all of us know exactly, like we all in our heads, we know exactly what that looks like. They go to the compound in the homeless encampment out in Bellingham and detectives located the following. Four firearms, including an AR-15 assault-style rifle, an illegal sawed-off shotgun, a reported stolen 22 caliber pistol, and a 12-gauge shotgun. On top of that, they found some fentanyl powder, suspected drug packaging material, $5,800 in cash. But they also found 13 dogs, including 11 little puppies that were ended, uh, that were, um, well, they were taken back the back of the compound and they grabbed that sawed off shotgun and they said this is your lucky day we're collecting you too i don't know why i have the shotgun in my hand i'm so sorry for scaring all you puppies and then they all went to shelter they're very sweet looking puppies they are adorable and it kind of makes me want to get a puppy now especially one that was rescued i know what did you see any other than pitbull Ah, uh, they yeah. all looked pitbullish. The ones I saw didn't necessarily really? look like pitbulls. Maybe we saw different photos. Are there any dots, dachshunds, or pugs? There was not. Uh, then I'm not getting one. And all the well, if there was pugs, I think they all had two eyes. Boo! Never mind. Clover Park School Board member Paul Wagman is being accused of misconduct, specifically making inappropriate and sexualized comments to an employee, which they don't explain. I didn't see what the actual comment was. The district investigator says, yeah, we have a preponderance of evidence to suggest that this actually happened. Now, Paul says, whoa, 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 slow your roll. There's a lot more to this story. People have perceptions, right? You you have what happened, and then you have perceptions of what happened. Okay. 
Uh, he was censured anyway. The school board was all like, yeah, no, we don't like you because this is the third time you've been censured since November of 2021. Last year, he was accused of making racist remarks during a school board meeting and then harassing the superintendent. All I can do is live my life of who I am. And, you know, if you decide to hate me, good on you. Uh, otherwise, vote for me and support me and see what I do. Oh, you mean he's running for something? Oh, yes. He is running for Lakewood City Council. <laughs> I do. Look, I obviously have no clue what's going on. When I see, I'll be honest, there's two ways that I look at a background like this, like a, a for lack of a better term, a rap sheet. You've got sexualized comments, you've got harassment of the superintendent, and you're accused of making a racist remark. There's only two paths here. One, he is just a, a cranky old dude who gets in trouble, or... They're making a mountain out of a molehill because he's maybe a little bit conservative. One of the two. I have I have no clue. I have no clue whatsoever which one it is. I don't know this guy, although his name sounds familiar. And I feel like maybe we've interviewed him before, or at least I've written about him at some point. I, it's up to the voters. Okay. If it was a comment that was sexualized, I, I don't know what that means. I, I Seriously, I don't know what that means anymore. I used to think I knew what it meant. But now we're at a point where, you know, people will say you're being sexually attacked because someone makes a comment. It's like, well, no, you can say it's an inappropriate comment. We don't have to go into the hyperbole. So I don't know where this uh, where this guy would land. But, I, you know, good, good luck, I guess. I don't know. I actually I'm not saying good luck or bad luck. I'm not taking a stance because I don't know. You don't think it might be somewhere in the middle between it could be. maybe the guy got sure. close to a line and maybe the other members of the board are a little bit too sensitive? Sure. I just, the the vibes I got, whether or not this is fair, I'm just telling you what the vibes I got, were a guy who talks like we used to talk a decade ago or two decades ago, and that's it. That's That was the vibe I got from, from this story. Again, Fully admit, I can be completely wrong. And they're going to tell me, actually, Jason, here's what he said. I'm going like, oh, okay. I'm with you. That makes sense. He keeps saying, hey, toots. Okay, I'll, you know. <sighs> oh. TNT says they were able to get a hold of some pretty dramatic body camera video that shows cops in Algona at a house fire early Sunday morning. And that fire was pretty significant, did get some news coverage. But this officer, she was trying to convince two of the people who were inside of the home to jump from the second story from one of the windows because the fire was engulfing the house very quickly. There didn't appear to be a safe way to go out through the front door or through the the bottom floor. So... They were trying to encourage these folks, which I have to imagine is an incredibly difficult choice where eventually you have to realize you're going to jump, but you have to get there mentally. Right. And you're probably thinking I've, I've been in this situation a time or two and you're, you're thinking at some point, OK, the fire's not here yet. I know it's about to be and I can't just jump. I will jump. But only when effectively I'm forced to jump because the fire is literally on my tail 
and this is the only thing I can do. It, it's like taking a, a, a skydive, right? Just like you're, okay, okay oh, I don't want to do this. But you know you eventually have to because your friends are watching and you don't want them to make fun of you for the rest of your life. I don't know what's that, what that is like. Um, here's the audio. Is everybody out? There's two people oh, up gosh. there. Just real quickly, I'm going to critique for just a moment, and I don't mean this in any negative way. They know they have to get out of the house. Just, I'm, I'm, they don't need encouragement for, for that part. You know, well, with respect, I think she's obviously doing a great job, and I don't like criticizing cops. You say, how about give them a path? They know they have to get out. Say, hey, I need you to get out this way. Probably would have been a little bit more. Well, the, she's conveying some urgency. No, I think I the tone I, is more important than the words. Do they not know that it's an urgent situation? I don't know. I mean, I suppose maybe they didn't know it was on fire and didn't hear everybody else screaming about how the house is on fire. There's that possibility. And then, of course, the beep that's going on because of the uh, the smoke detectors. I'm sure that didn't send a message either. We're screaming for the uh, residents to get out. I believe there's two upstairs. We got two from the bottom. Get out the window! Get out the window! Jump out the window! Please jump out the window! Listen to us! Put something around your face and jump out the window! Like that, so I watched this whole body cam footage. It's it's intense. I'm gonna try to get a copy. We'll post it on our social media uh, accounts. So uh, everyone was okay. Uh, kudos to the officers who showed up before the fire department. I, I don't know what was going on. The officers might have just been very close to to where this happened. We found out, uh, according to reports, that a food smoker, whatever that is, is believed to have caused the fire. What's a food smoker? Like a like a meat smoker, probably like some sort of outdoor but something. It was indoors sounds like interesting. You know, did you really need the food smoker either? By the way, uh, it feels like it's one of those things you buy, but I mean, you it's never a luxury use. item. No, it's it's it, me. It's a I'm gonna buy this. You use it once, like the bread maker you got, and then you never use it again. I I kind of feel that way almost with my air fryer. And this, weirdly enough, as soon as I saw it was a food smoker, I immediately thought, I'm going to do the same thing to my apartment complex. And I'm on a very high floor. My Jump. air fryer, smoke like smoke comes out all the time. It's not dirty. I don't know what's going on. And if I cook in it, it automatically just develops a whole bunch of smoke. And then it comes out. And then my stupid fire alarm goes off or the smoke detector. And But then I'm in a position... Okay, I can cook on this stovetop, but if I cook too much, it also sets off the fire alarm. I, how do people cook in apartment complexes? I don't understand. Uh, this sounds like you got your own set of problems. No, I mean, that is obvious. Yes, I have my own set of problems. Thank you. Well, I don't know. people Are listening you- to this show, you know what they've been saying this entire time? He sounds like a very healthy individual. Like he's in a great well, mental space all the time. He really has his life together. Well, I don't know. That's you're, what people you're think. fooling them with the weight loss reads. What am I fooling them? I'm, didn't, did I did not lose weight? No, you have your life put together. Oof. I'm going to go punch you. 
just admit that I'm crazy. God, what, what is so difficult? I'm giving you the opportunity and you're still not doing it. He's crazy. See? And would a sane is that person what you wanted? would a sane person do that, insist like that? When we come back, you get to choose the news. 1-800-465-8770. Which story? Story number one. Generation Z says millennials are wearing sunglasses wrong. Or story number two. Fox 13 has a pet trick segment that I'm going to mock the heck out of, if you allow me. 1-800-465-8770 for your text messages. You are listening to The Jason Rant Show. You pick the topic on The Jason Rant Show. Indeed you do, and you went with story I wanted you to. Fox 13, God bless them. They decided to commit to a, what I believe is a weekly segment on one of their news shows. And it's called Pet Tricks. And based on the title, pretty self-explanatory, correct? Everyone on the same page? Yeah, in theory. Pet Tricks. You got pets. Hopefully adorable ones, because, you know, people want to see adorable ones, not the ugly ones, let's be honest. Unless it's so ugly, it's cute. And they perform tricks. Okay. I love dogs. Love them. I don't know if they only do dogs, but I'm assuming when we're talking about tricks, it's probably mostly dogs. I love dogs. I was very excited. Someone actually sent this to me in the office because they know I love dogs. And I had an observation. It is indeed time for pet tricks. Let's go to one to kick us off here. Okay. Ruthie loves Ruthie. laundry day at her house, especially <laughs> ro- so rolling around. Rolling around. Yeah. Look at that. Uh, is there okay. anything better? That is her freshly be washed um, dog bed. You know, she's okay. got to make it smell like her again. Yeah, got really that. exploring the space, too. You know what that's like when you, you jump exploring into bed? Clean yeah. sheet day. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful clean sheets. You're just it. smelling it. Okay, let's get to the <laughs> trick. All in it. Oh, okay. It's very it's good. good. And especially when it's warm. Warm? Oh, yeah, yeah, right out of the dryer. I remember as a kid, like, I would pile all the warm Small clothes top. on top of me. Oh, you, know? you and Ruth, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> really in it. A big thank you to Aaron. In- what? Did you cut something out? Nope. Where was the trick? Uh, there, wasn't there was no trick, trick at all. That was not a trick. It was a dog who was happy and excited and, and you know, rolling around in its dog bed. That's not a trick. You didn't even tell the dog to roll. You could have at least just put that in post. Just put it over. Roll, Ruth. Roll over, Ruth. Get crazy excited about your bed, Ruth. And then I would be like, okay, that's a trick. That was not a trick. It was just a dog who was excited. Now, it's not called pets that are excited. Excitable pets. I would watch that, by the way. If you give me an Instagram channel called Excitable Pets, I'm all in. But this was pet tricks. So you sold me on something, but you didn't deliver. There's another one. Birch Bay for sending this that. One will be and right. up next, we this have okay, Cabela, oh, who Cabella. loves to play fetch in okay. the lake. Okay? okay, she makes sure to wear her life jacket because safer <laughs> first. Yeah, first. Land shark. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 U
okay. She's a friendly shark, okay? She's wearing a little oh, shark I thingy. love to see yeah. that. Okay. And, a, and a Wait, nice what? jacket, too. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. That's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the friendliest of sharks, and that is from Gary and Wait. Jacqueline. Thank you so much. Wait. We love Wait. seeing your pet videos. The dog just fetched. That is a basic function of a dog. That's the one thing every dog does is fetch. That is not a trick. It didn't do any weird like backflips. It just jumped into the lake. Where are the tricks? Have they done any tricks on this segment? Here's what happened. Do you want me to pull the curtain back and take you through what actually happened here? Do it. Here's what happened. Somebody over at Fox 13 got into a conference room. It was probably two salespeople, one talent, and maybe one producer. And said, look, I got an idea for a new segment, and we can sponsor it to Birch Bay or whatever the pet company at Petco, whatever. Well, this is going to be great. Let's do something called Pet Tricks, because I saw the most adorable neighbor, her little doggy. She trained, little Susie trained her little pup pup to do little circles and then jump and then do a somersault. And it was adorable. And I got it on video and I posted it on my Instagram account and it got like seven likes. So here's what I'm thinking. Let's get these videos. There's got to be a ton of them because everyone has a dog in Washington state. And let's put it into a segment and we'll call it pet tricks and we'll get the money each and every week. And everyone loves dogs. And everyone, of course, loves to brag about their dogs. And everyone was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And the first time they did it, they had two really good videos. A dog juggling, and another one was jumping through a hoop of fire. And then the second time they did it and they asked for submissions, they didn't get anything. And then they realized they just signed a contract with the sponsor to do this segment for an entire year. And now this is the result. They now have to just show cute videos of pets praying that someone will send them a pet trick video. So if you have a pet who does tricks, don't send it in because I like to see them suffer like this. It's a Jason Ranch show. I'm kidding.